Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Sexton trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Carl slammed it home. Garland upstairs. Oh! Sexton inside. A thunderous dunk. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Zoom. Half a million businesses connect using Zoom, a single platform for phone, chat, workspaces, events, apps, and video. Zoom enables a real-time collaboration for teams around the globe, including this one. Zoom, how the world connects. Hello and welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. My name is Carter Rodriguez and I am not Justin Rowan because this man is on vacation around 33 weeks a year. I'm telling you, he's, he's living it up all-inclusive in Cabo or wherever the hell he is. But he ain't here because he doesn't love the Cavs like I do. Luckily, I found a man who loves the Cavs like I do. Longtime friend of the podcast. Part of uh, the man who runs the Twitter account for Fear of the Sword, among other things, Ryan Morton. How you doing, Mort? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing good. It's nice to have you back. It, it was just hard because you clearly uh, weren't paying good enough attention to uh, provide any value to the team. And uh, and before and before this uh, podcast started, you told me that your your audio has been terrible for years on these podcasts because you didn't know how to switch to your headset mic. Can you confirm uh, no, or deny? False. No, absolutely false. Absolutely. First off, I never said my head my audio was terrible. Well, um, well, I'll tell you it was terrible. Spurless accusations thrown at me. And second off, it wasn't that I didn't know how. I just never really thought of it. Um, <laughs> we're we're actively telling you you sound bad and that's what you never, got i never thought of it it never occurred to me i'm not a professional i'm well i'm an it professional but that's worse <laughs> it never occurred to me um and then one day i'm playing xbox i've got this headset that just connects to it automatically and apparently it connects to all windows devices um which I knew, but it, I didn't really like know if that makes sense. Well, I am not very proud of you, uh, though. I am pretty proud of the Cavs, who, uh, despite a four-game losing streak while their team's heads have fallen off, uh, are have uh, have really fought and kind of been competitive, despite the fact that they've lost Mobley uh, for for you know two to four weeks. They lost Sexton for the season. Uh, but you know they they've been mostly hanging in games, kind of falling apart late as the teams they're playing against kind of outgun them. 
But kind of what have you seen from this team as they've kind of had to survive this stretch of just like just an absolute horror show schedule combined with like I mean, how does like how do these position groups that everyone makes fun of the Cavs for being overstocked at keep getting wiped out? <laughs> um, you know, it's funny that they were playing what is that, Davis, like the sixth center, the seventh center? I remember um, I remember on- Chris Fedor actually tweeted, Ed Davis is never going to play for this team. <laughs> just starting a couple games um it's just bad man i mean they're as cursed as any team i don't know if i want to say cursed but yeah like even just yesterday darius garland is now questionable because he gets elbowed in the face you know going for a basketball Um, justin turned into an absolute neanderthal in the dms about deandre bembry he was so mad (laughs) I mean, listen, if you said that DeAndre Bembry and Ennis Cantor uh, were in a gulag somewhere for basketball crimes, I wouldn't argue the point. I, I think you meant uh, to say Kelly Olenek, but that's fine. Uh, Kelly Olenek has been dead to me for years. That, that That's um, absolutely again, fair. Leave it to the Celtics. When was the last time the Cavs got a forward that you were incredibly excited about? Uh, and when did it look like it was really working? Both times, here come the Boston Celtics, and mm. they're incredibly foreign, shouldn't be on the court, power forward of some kind, to rip his arm clean out. So You know what? I hadn't actually made either of those connections till now, and I'm, I'm very, very proud of you. Um, <laughs> so obviously, uh, and this is actually the first pod we've had since Colin was announced as being out for the season, so should we, we probably should talk a little bit about the impact there. It's obviously terrible for mm. Colin. Uh, he has an expiring contract about to hit restricted free agency. This was kind of the, hey, I can be helpful on a winning team kind of prove it year for him. And now he kind of enters with a, a bit of like uncertainty and into free agency. I do think, and I'm curious what you think about this, because I do think this is like, if you are on team Colin Sexton as empty calories, then the Cavs really should be just fine the rest of the year. Like, do you feel like to some extent this is kind of a proof of concept, a forced proof of concept for a sextonless life? But like, right. I kind of feel like it is at least intellectually. I mean, right. Well, I mean, how could it not? Right. Yeah. Like you're, you're finding out what you have. The only thing that you don't have as you figure that out um, is an actual two guard. Like you're playing a lot of Orcoro, who, I mean, bless him. He works as hard as anybody. He cannot shoot. No, uh, and th- I mean, three jumpers against um, against Brooklyn, or three threes was like manna from heaven. Right. Like, you, you know, you're playing Ricky Rubio in that spot who has shot well above anything anybody would expect, at least on, I mean, those step back and pull up threes, his, his numbers are kind of nuts against his career. Um, but in general... Yeah, I mean, you're seeing Darius Garland not really having to share the ball until he and Rubio share the court. You're seeing what the Cavs would look like without that extra person that dribbles a ton. However, you're also seeing that, you know, they're missing him in transition. They're missing his shooting. They're missing, you know, when the game bogs down and they can't create offense because teams are just switching and switching and switching, especially without Mobley or marketing or someone other than Dean Wade at three to force that mismatch. 
you're you're missing the fact that he can get to the rim against almost anybody. Yeah, like, um, and, and really like Darius. So like you know, I think with him, it's it, you just kind of feel the you kind of and we saw this in the late era LeBron teams the second time around where in the regular season teams would just switch and switch and switch and there were lineups LeBron could kind of beat but it's like this dude just isn't going to attack 47 straight switches in the regular season right so, so if they and didn't that's... so if they didn't have Kyrie healthy or someone like that that could kind of you know share the load it just kind of was too much of a burden and the Cavs I think right now are kind of like having that except with Darius instead of LeBron which is you know, no slight to Darius, a little bit of a downgrade, and he's really the only one right now that's able to punish those switches consistently. Sometimes Jarrett can on some deep seals, but real, and sometimes Laurie can when he kind of slips. But like, there's just not a lot there right now to diversify the offense when they're getting switched on. No, no, and I mean, you saw against Brooklyn last night, for example. Um, tons of open Okoro shots and he hit a good number of them. And then here comes the end of the game when you really need them. And you know, you're, you're going wanting, you saw in the first Brooklyn game, uh, I mean, Darius shot, was he one of 10 from three? Yeah. I mean, he had just he a miserable, putting, he is putting up the kinds of shots we want to see, even though the efficiency isn't super right. there right now. I mean, he was great against golden state and he was yeah. great last night. It's, it's kind of the next point of growth is, you know, going from can be that guy to always being that guy, it takes a lot. And right now the but, Cavs kind of need him to always be that guy against teams who who are as good as the teams the Cavs are playing. Like, if you were playing, a you know, an Orlando, San Antonio, Houston stretch or something like that, then Darius can be the guy, you know, 70% of the time he's on the floor. Right now he has to be kind of great the whole time. And, right. and that's yeah. where, and like, that's kind of why I'm like, you know, I, I was always, I've never been a Sexton super fan. I've never been a Sexton, like, terrible detractor. I, I feel like I'm something of a centrist with him. And it's like, like, you kind of, I, I really felt his absence against Brooklyn specifically. And maybe that's because he dropped a 50 burger on him last year and just went bananas. But, like, you just kind of feel that, like, oh, things aren't quite working right now. Everyone's tired and they're switching you know, freaking LaMarcus Aldridge on, like Colin Sexton would have been cooking those switches. Right. I mean, they only have one good defender. I mean, yeah. well, they have KD, but outside of KD, they have Bruce Brown. <laughs> yeah. And he's good, but that's where having, you know, Sexton would be great. And last night was the first time since he's been hurt that they scored 100 points. Wow. Like, I didn't know is, that. I, I, was on yeah. a, I was on a trip last week, so I wasn't as oh, dialed yeah. in. Um, that fact is courtesy of the broadcast. Yeah, I believe so, so. So, yeah, I mean, like, I do think they miss him right now. And I think that there was a lot of people who thought that they were going to be the 2016 Warriors or something the second they got this ball stopper off the court. And frankly, like, and I think Justin made this point recently on the pod. Where he's like, honestly, Okoro has stopped the ball more than Colin has this season. Well, yeah, well, he doesn't know what to do. And that's yeah. like, it's it's kind of heartbreaking, not heartbreaking. Yeah, that's a little um, heavy. I mean, it's sad. It's sad to see he's 20 years old. He puts in tons of work. And, I mean, he has no idea. Like, even when he's hitting those shots, some of those shots he threw up last night were just absolute rocks. Like, he's he doesn't have a great feel for his jumper. He doesn't even have a great feel for what he wants to do. He passes up open shots to take two dribbles and then give up the ball because he doesn't actually have a plan. 
Yeah. I mean, off- like offense is know. just tough for him right now. Like, it, it's not instinctual at all. And I think at least last year, like, it was a little ugly last year. Um, but with that said, like, you know, he's had moments where it looked like he was really kind of vibing within the offense to, to kind of close yeah. the year. And that was part of him getting the ball a lot. Um, and that really hasn't translated this year. But I do think it's probably worth noting here that, like, hey, like, he is coming off a hamstring injury. And those are very, very capable of messing you up physically, even after you get back on the court, except Kevin Durant, apparently. Um, and, like, so, you know, I, I'm not pulling the panic button yet. And I kind of, in a way, I kind of like that he's just going to have to keep playing. <laughs> like, right. like the Cavs don't have a ton of options right now. So it's like, hey, Isaac, we know you work hard. We know we like you. We know that we believe in you. So you're going to just have to shoot your way out of this one, pal. Yeah, I mean, you have to. And I don't think you can give up or press the pan. I mean, he's 20. He's yeah, 20. he's a kid. You know, like if, Jetty, if anyone has ever been good at telling people not to worry about how kids are playing it's you (laughs) like you've always like you've always like resisted the panic button i feel regarding the the kids on the team my take is that playing in the nba is hard that's a good take (laughs) but i mean we just saw last year you know the worst year jetty's career and i will i did fall into the trap of all right i'm ready to see him you know do something else with his basketball talents in another place um but Ricky Rubio, you know, working with him and working in a defined role has made him a very good NBA role player again. So the idea that at 20, he can't figure out, I mean, a consistent jump, his jumper doesn't look broken. It's just like, yeah, I that's I was just talking to, to to someone else about that. It's like the form isn't like a disaster. It looks like he's kind of, he's just in his head. Yeah. Like it's not. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, where you're like, yeah. oh man, this is never going to work. Lonzo Ball could figure out how to hit a three. Yeah. Like, it, he can come around. It's and, just and, the reality, of... and, and the reality is, he doesn't have to get good at it. <laughs> he has to get not bad at it. <laughs> you know, but like. Just any, anything offensively right now. Yeah. Like, being not, not bad at any one thing. Yeah, he needs, to, he needs one thing to hang his hat on. I think you're absolutely right there. Right. And especially, like, how serious are they about this year because if they are then they probably have to find somebody well and... maybe you know i mean like the the reality is like i think like that starting lineup has so much defensive potential that like they can just hang their hat on other stuff like is he struggling so bad that he's straight up tanking your lineups i don't think so i i think he can have games where he's going to do that and that's going to be frustrating and like that's why i think like the other thing that we're not really recognizing is that Jetty's also hurt right now. So yeah. Jetty doesn't, you don't have as many, like JB doesn't have any many, as many tools in his tool belt as he normally would, you know? So like, not only is Colin out, Jetty's also been hurt and Dylan Windler just hasn't really shown up uh, as much as you would want. He's shown little flashes and then big stretches of just uh, being a little bit in- invisible. Still, still can't get on the court. Yeah. Still, <laughs> still just can't get on the court. So so, like, you know, I feel like JB doesn't have as many options, uh, and, and that kind of makes the impact of, of Okoro struggling a little more magnified. But, like, long term, I just I, I just have a hard time being, like, terribly panicky about, I mean, what is really a seven-game stretch for a, for a 20-year-old? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They're, I mean, they're 500. It's early in the year. and Which is insane. 
And that's what I that's I just can't be like too worried when the team's five hundred. Right. Oh, when when you guys were here, like I I think it was when Justin and I were waiting for you at the restaurant. I was like, man, they might go zero and ten. We had a real conversation about them not winning any of their first ten games, and they um, weren't favored in any of their first ten games. So yeah. Vegas agreed. <laughs> like yeah, like I thought is after they got smoked in those first two that they were in some real trouble. So I mean, five hundred is great. Having, I think, a proven workable lineup. Like I think you've seen how they play without Mark and you see how they play without Mobley. You see how they play without Allen and they're still a solid defensive team that, you know, busts their ass. So I think you have an identity, which is something I've been saying for maybe since LeBron left, like yeah, what's your man. actual plan? Who, who are you every time you go out there and they've never known. And maybe that's a part of Sexton not being there. I don't think so. Cause he was no. part of it. No, I don't but, think so. I, th- I think their identity is, like it's funny, I actually didn't like them keeping Dean Wade in the starting lineup. Oh, and and kind of insisting on Tall Ball when they didn't have Laurie. Um, and like I think to some extent that's a spot where I kind of, though I don't even think the lineups have been that successful. But I think it's something where JB goes, "This is just what we hang our hat on, so this is what we're doing." And, and I won't play Dylan Windler ever at all for any reason. <laughs> well, you know, it's well, I mean, in fairness, Dylan's got to earn it. Uh, but uh, uh, this is this is every player on the roster that is not named Dylan Windler. Lamar Stevens just got hurt. Stop it. Dean, get in there. <laughs> stop it. Um, yeah, I mean, but like to your point, like I do think the identity is there. They're playing really, really good defense. They're with some sketchy personnel like Laurie at the three just shouldn't work. I still don't think it should work, but yet it's working. And he came, he came back to the lineup, and I thought he had his best game as a Cavalier against Brooklyn. What do you kind of... I think he does some things that maybe we weren't prepared, I don't know, prepared for him to do. Like the the little Euro step well. catching the ball in transition off that Rubio feed was like, ooh. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, I mean, he handles a little better than we expected, or I expected. He, you know, he moves the ball. Um, he's not, and obviously the Chicago Bulls have not been before this year, a very interesting team to watch. So my, my Lowry marketing scouting report was not very complete. Um, and he hasn't even shot that well. And yeah, I think you see the stuff that people don't like about him, but it's just like, I just, I feel like they've been a little exaggerated. Like, okay, yeah, he can't move anyone in the post. He cannot move anybody in the post. <laughs> well, but now like three, so fine. Yeah, but like he doesn't really need to, you know. Like I liked uh, the the play against uh, Brooklyn last night, where he just kind of got pushed a bit, just faced up, and just hit a rhythm fifteen footer. Like you don't need to like do right. this like back down bruiser thing. Like the team doesn't really, and like frankly, I don't even think this Cavs roster once they're healthy is really built to accommodate that anyway. Like with Mobley and Allen on the floor, like what is he gonna mash dudes? Like he's not gonna have time. Right. Well, and that's what's kind of interesting that playing him at the three like absolutely shouldn't work. But in this scenario, it actually covers all of his or most of his known deficiencies. Like he can't back anyone down. All right, he's at the three. He's not great at covering in space. Okay, you have two amazingly athletic seven footers behind him. And, and so it's weird. I just... do think he's quicker than people think, just not laterally. Like he can cover ground just because he's tall and like a long strider. I don't think his feet are terribly slow. So like, even when he gets beat, he can kind of just recover. He can because he's funneling these these players into these bigs. 
he like it doesn't matter as much that he's gotten beat because by the if if the bigs on the back line kind of stop the action, he's able to recover and just be tall. You know, like he doesn't right. have to be strong or physical. He just <laughs> needs to be tall. Like the stat that I loved, it, it was uh, about a week ago that I looked it up. So I'm not sure where they where they stand now, but they were like 29th in defensive rebound rate, like giving up uh, offensive boards on like 33% of their possessions, like terrible. But they were like 14th in opposing second chance points. So like teams are getting boards on them and then trying to go up in this, you know, this army of trees missing, maybe getting again, missing again. And then eventually the Cavs get the board. So like, even though those play, those plays are really tough to watch as fans. Like I just don't think, I think the, the practical outcome is Cavs ball. They didn't score. Right. Which is, I've heard the point of defense. I mean, well, the other practical outcome is eventually, you, you know, Paul Millsap and Lamarck Saldridge are getting those rebounds and they are scoring, but yes. Yeah. But I mean, for a long time, you know, it was, it was really good, but overall well, yeah, also Mobley's I mean, not there, you know, like their, their rim protection is a little more compromised mm, right now. A bit skint. Yeah. They're playing. I mean, I think Dean Wade has been a lot better than I, certainly I expected. I like Dean Wade, <laughs> even on games where he doesn't have big <laughs> box. I just like him. I think he's better on defense than anyone wants to recognize. Like he moves his feet pretty damn well. He moves his feet well, and he'll do like last night was great because he's hitting threes, and he like made some dribble moves in the open court, and I'm like, man, he's like really getting it. He's better than I thought. And the very next time down, he's like trying to back someone down, and he dribbles the ball straight off his face. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Such is the life of being a role player in the NBA. But, but like, I mean, he's good. He's like a he's found money, he man. Was, he was solid last year. Um, is Lowry marking in a system player? Dean Wade looks fine in the same spot. I mean, um, but it's a different kind know, of just... fine. Like Dean is not going to get nine, three point up three point attempts up, you know, he's just not like, yeah. and and that's yeah. what I like about the fact that what Lori kind of adds to this offense is like, he's just someone who's going to fire, even if he's not that open. And this is a team someone that really to. needs people to fire when they're not that open. Right. Yeah. I mean, someone has to someone. And again, that circles all the way back to, what do you do without Colin Sexton? Which I think that really is heartbreaking, honestly. Like it sucks. I mean, you know, a just for him, like he deserves money. He, you know, works his tail off. He's made himself into a really good NBA player. When when he was not, people... he was not trending. Like the first half of his rookie year was trending to be a guy who was going right. to score and never be good at anything. <laughs> I mean, I was at a draft party, and that was the angriest. I've seen, I, I, I was, I, I will party. always die on the hill. Anthony that, Bennett. I was at the Anthony Bennett. <laughs> well, I'll always die on the hill that like Colin also <laughs> bore the brunt of like, I think at least I remember my experience that draft night. That was the night where I was like, okay, Bron, Bron's definitely not coming back. Like yeah. they, they weren't able yeah. to trade it. They weren't able to trade the pick for like, I remember we were talking about Kemba and like we had all these, and well, I guess, thank God in hindsight, but you know, like, um, you know, we, I think that, I think he bore the brunt of so much of this. Like he was the Kyrie return. He was the final, you know, the selection was the final like bell tolling that like, okay, LeBron's probably right. gone. And like, so he like, and then his shot the rebuild. Oh, and then the vets were so hard on him when he started. <laughs> it's like, all right, man, we don't have LeBron. We don't have Kyrie. We don't even have 30, 
0.3% of Isaiah Thomas. We don't even have um, Kevin Love because he got hurt a, a day into the season. <laughs> Breaks his foot on day one. Okay, well, the coach thinks he was lied to. <laughs> well, he's gone six games in. So Colin, I just think, bore the brunt <laughs> of like this first rebuild. So like, and and I do think like much like his his actual game, I think he's kind of like willed his way into a lot of people's hearts. I think mine included. Yeah. Uh, it just stinks that he's that he's hurt. You know, he's not because like I felt like he was really playing the kind of basketball we wanted to see from him to start the year. He was killing it off ball. He wasn't dominating the ball. Um, he was showing some internal passing development, like not. He's never going to be Magic Johnson, obviously, but he was starting to make the right pass on time a little bit more. And the efficiency numbers were down just because his jumper wasn't going in. So it was like, okay, here's our skeleton key. Like, like once the jumper starts falling, everything clicks in. And the fact that he kind of got robbed of that, it just sucks. And you don't learn anything. Like he, um, that's a great point. I think he was playing really effective team defense, like his energy and effort and athleticism on that side of the ball translated really well with having especially Mobley and Allen and just all these huge guys. And then he's kind of roaming around back there too, making hustle plays. And now what do you, you don't know, like you have Darius Garland and he's going to play a whole season on what should be his breakout season or something resembling that without Colin in the lineup. So you don't, you still don't know if those two can can pair together because you know, they were in and out last year and then Colin's going to be a restricted free agent. And what do you do? So someone makes him a big offer, which you got to think somebody will. I mean, you you know, it it is really hard. A lot of those cap teams don't have cap space anymore. Um, And, you know, and the one thing we should probably notice, the Cavs did not let Jared Allen really get into restricted free agency. And like, I don't think there's any reason to rule out that like they just, just take care of it you know like there's a way there's a world in which they just throw a good number out Colin's coming off an injury and they just say okay good and and I'm pretty fine with that like I I I think that if you were anti-Colin so of the of the anti-Sexton contingent on Cavs Twitter I only the really really dumb ones just wanted to let him want to let him walk like only dumb people want restricted free agents to walk it's not good yeah I mean I I don't I wouldn't describe myself as anti him. Obviously I've, I mean, I've, yeah. you know, have really enjoyed him. I am 50, 50 on, can you build a team with him and Darius Garland as the backboard? That, that's fine. Like that. I, I, I'm talking about <laughs> asset management right now though. Well, yeah. Like, so I'm just saying in general, like here you are again, you still don't know if it works. And if you have, just thinking of hype, I, I can't even think of anybody right now, but if there are say, you know, an A or B, hey, we can bring back Colin Sexton, or there is a somewhat similarly capable six foot five, six foot six, like more natural two guard out there. Like now you've got a decision to make. But, but have, this team is an oper- no idea. But this team isn't operating as a cap space team right now. Like so, like right. so, like that's why it's like you you keep your good your talented young players. And if, and if they have to make that decision to kind of pull the trigger on fit, all they have to do is not lock themselves into a albatross. Like as long as it's not an albatross, they'll be fine. You yeah. know, like, and, and, and like, 
that was I think in a lot of ways that was their argument with Jared Allen. It's like, hey, this guy's gonna be this guy's gonna be fine. Like yeah. worst case, let's say Evan Mobley immediately shows out as the best center in the league. I think I would surmise that Kobe Altman was like, I'll be able to find somewhere for Jared Allen and get something right. back. If yeah, if, if, sure. if we just if we realize we need to move Evan to the five, I think a lot of the, that narrative has changed since because Mobley's looks so good as a four. But like you know, I think that's kind of the 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 case with Colin. So like it just I I'm just sad for him and frankly for me because I think this team was like it. I think it definitely dents their their chances of kind of being you know it it dents their upside a bit right like they right. they they unless because even if they want to go you know, chase an upgrade at the wing before the deadline, like you lose a, you know, a valuable piece and you, you, you lose valuable depth. So even if you, if you want to trade Colin for some extra help, or if you want to trade some of your other depth for help, like you kind of, you lose a little, you lose that flexibility uh, by not having him available. And he loses the year or we lose the year of it being a found money year. Yeah. Like, you know, it, expectations ruin Fun. sports enjoyment. Yeah. Like, like nothing else. So now say the Cavs win, say they're the 10 seed this year. They get into the plan. If Colin comes back next year or when Colin comes back next year, if they don't look spectacular out of the gate, Hey, we were the play in. We, you know, the trajectory is up and they're playing poorly with him on the court. Like it's going to be nasty. <laughs> it's going to well, be, yeah. If, like, well, if they get a schedule like this again, my word is that. Uh, I mean, the, the NBA is pretty flat. The NBA year, is like, just, yeah. And I think that's the thing. I know a lot of people are like, complaining about their schedule. There just aren't that many yeah. bad teams anymore. There aren't any any real terrible. I mean, there's Orlando, there's Sacramento. And Sacramento still has talent. Um, San Antonio, but, I mean, just, Houston. Like, there, there's wins out there, talent. but you got to go find them. Yeah. Uh, like just this division alone I mean the Pacers, the Bulls, the Bucks, um, Detroit's terrible. Detroit's got awful, but they have Cade. (laughs) Yeah. Like there is a real world chance. Like, like I think I actually want to guard the fan base against once the schedule does lighten up a bit. Cause like, this is uncommonly hard. I know the NBA is flat, but like they're playing like top four contenders in each conference every night. Um, but with that said, like I almost want to like, tell fans like hey you know how we've been winning some games we don't always we maybe shouldn't win some of these other teams are going to do that to us too like we could go to detroit and lose and like and and those games are going to feel real painful seeing if we can get that annual loss in orlando taken care of it feels like every year you get like you go to toronto in the third or fourth game of the year and lose this year they won so now if they can manage to do the, the Miami Orlando back to back and not lose to the magic, you know, that that'll be a marketing point of well, improvement. Well, the other, <laughs> the other one is the mid season trip to Portland where, where we lose by 47, <laughs> just a few of those where it's just like, you know, you have those landmines all over the schedule, but like it really does lighten up soon. So I'm pretty hopeful. I do want to stick one thing on Sexton before, before we move off is, do you feel like in the very limited time we had with this with that starting five, and we know very limited, I kind of felt like I finally saw here's the road to this small backcourt working on defense. You know, like it is, because that's one thing Portland never did was pair them with 
huge mobile bigs. Like they've gotten a lot of the Robert Covington types over in Portland where it's like, hey, a good wing switch IQ defender. And like to me, and maybe this is just wishful thinking, but to me, I kind of left that opening stretch going, hmm, maybe this is the blueprint. The only way you can really play these two small guys is just have absolute monsters at the four and the five to to, right. to kind of just feed them to. I would agree. I mean, that's, you know, just as a belief system, I generally don't like if I were building a team, you yeah. know, two small guards is not anywhere where I would be. Um, yeah, but you, but like, yeah. and, and that's a, and that's a, you know, that's one thing I always want to push back there is like, you don't get to pick the, the roster. Like, you know, you get I'm to aware. pick what's, what's available to you. I'm aware. I'm saying like, I'm just yeah, saying yeah, yeah. like, conceptually that is not a concept i embrace so yes michael senior. jordan would be an upgrade uh right, size wise right. at the two <laughs> just kidding I'm, right. I'm kidding i'm kidding thanks dickhead um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no so i all, what i'm attempting to get to is to agree with you if you would allow me to agree with yeah you. i had to i had to um, tease you first is you know like having to now of course it requires maybe the only pair I mean, are there two other big men in the league that can both switch on the perimeter and both defend the rim? I think you have an incredibly unique pairing in Allen and Mobley and that they can each do everything effectively. Um, But that's, I mean, there's a blueprint for it working. Certainly if they want, if they ran it back next year, they gave Colin, you know, 20, 22, 25 million a season, um, I think would probably be, a pretty fair price yeah and i think i mean that'd be i think that'd be pretty exciting and there'd be a lot of reason to think that mobley going into year two you know um i mean you would expect even though he's hurt you know colin have some sort of growth in his game he always comes back better well he'll so, just be older and older helps it just always right. does um even even with that lost year of experience like the whole team gets a little bit older and and you yeah. know like the fact of the matter is like mobile like we started to see stuff very late in the uh in the kind of uh right before mobile got hurt where it's like oh he's starting to step into that three confidently you know like right i didn't really expect that to be a part of his game at all this season after the first like 10 games oh those pull-ups at like 15 to 17 yeah with, like, and, dude, and, and yeah. that just makes the four or five pairing much more tenable long term like if he gets to 35 percent from three on even three, four attempts a game. Like that's just such a geometry changer of the floor with how he can pass. Oh dude, I'm so ready for him to come back. Um, thank God, by the way, that the, the two to four weeks he is reported to be out occurred with the first time the Cavs actually have a few games days off between each game. Right. I saw him practicing that. Yeah. So uh, like, so it, it seems like he is, uh, it feels like, I, I, let me be very clear, everybody. This is not reported. We're just, uh, we're just yeah. idiots on a podcast. Saw a video. Saw a video. Saw a video. Um, but like, it does feel like, uh, with the way the schedule kind of broke out, he might only miss, you know, he might, when you hear a guy could miss a month, you're like, oh, he, we're going to miss 12, 14 games. And that's maybe isn't going to happen. You know, the, right. like, uh, so I'm pretty pretty eager to kind of see him get back on the floor and kind of regain his juice. But it, I am very encouraged to see that this team still feels like they felt all year, even without him. Like they've lost a lot off the top in terms of kind of the heights he can take them to. But like 
he I I was a little worried that when he was hurt that they would just kind of move into this like sloggy like aimless style right. like they'd be like okay we just got to survive till Evans back and that hasn't really been the case you know you, right. would, you and you would probably forgive it they were down like seven rotation players and the fact right. that they're still pretty much like yeah we're going to work really 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 hard on defense we're going to let Darius kind of orchestrate and Jarrett's going to be a role threat and that's going to be enough to keep us in games like that's pretty exciting well and that's what they've missed by not having a professional backup point guard yeah. for the last however many years like Kevin gets hurt you know Darius gets hurt um every injury i mean they they had no point guards at one point like Damian Dotson come on like you know guys that try hard but come on, they're not they're, they're not, not point, NBA guards. point guards yeah and they're not so, certainly I mean, like top end nba point guards <laughs> you know like like, right. like Ricky's what like he's at least top 20 25 which is like really good for your backup point guard. Right. Well, especially, I mean, especially the way he's playing now, uh, which some of my close friends are Minnesota Timberwolves fans. I hope they don't hear this because I've never said a nice word about him to them. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, he's playing really well. He's playing. And so that's, you know, log jam number two. Everyone kind of expected to flip him. No, later in the year. I never I wanted to flip him. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, I, well, I don't, oh, yeah. I'll take 48 minutes of point guard play. Thank you. Right. Yeah. I, I was open to it. Um, but now, like, yeah. Has that, has, has your, that. has your opinion changed on that now? Like, is that someone who like, if he's amenable, you're interested in kind of keeping around, even if you got to kind of pay a little bit of a premium to do it. Um, I think so. And I mean, it, it would all depend on what your other options are. Sure. Like they cannot go without having, I, I would say, yeah. Cause like, here's because... the thing I was, I was very much on team. Like just go get like a competent guy, like, like uh Raul Neto or someone like that from the wizards. Right, like, yeah. and like, I just don't think that guy, like, I think that extra, like Justin always talks about this with Jared Allen, where people will say, you know, it, you can get a player of Jared Allen's archetype. That'll get you 80% for the league minimum. And Justin's oh, right. always like that. 20% is pretty important. Like I think the old uh, Kevin Love argument, you can just go get Ryan Anderson for three million dollars. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> but like I think, especially at that backup point guard, that like Ricky Rubio has added that extra twenty percent difference in ceiling of play between Ricky Rubio and a guy like Neto is like it's it's the difference between the Cavs being nine and nine right now and probably like seven and eleven, six and twelve maybe. Yeah. Like, like I mean, his, his impact you know. has been immeasurable. So I, I just can't, I, I am struggling, even if all the cap, you know, like the, 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 the Nate Duncans of the world, if the Cavs sign him to a, you know, a two, three year deal with, with legitimate money, they're going, they, you know, they're going to say, oh, Cavs, Cavs overpaid. They caught, they kind of got oh. caught up in the moment. But like, to me, I'm like, I can't imagine a world without Ricky Rubio <laughs> on the team in the next year or two. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, and and some of that is like how, you know, we've been held prisoner by just a lack of point guard. Death. Yeah, he's like our first, he's like our first good significant other after a run of bad ones. <laughs> um, we really yeah. appreciate him. Yeah. He takes us out to dinner. He never yells. Calls us pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know like but to that end like that's you know like I, i'm happy to overpay a little bit like past market value right. for that kind of stability for a player like that because it's just like especially if we're going to keep playing a team of 20 year olds 
like well that's the thing you need a veteran you need someone knowledgeable so then that's that's the other place where do we keep or not keep ricky you know comes in is like what are you doing with kevin mm-hmm. and what are you doing with um jetty is still out there i would imagine right now he looks like he's on a massive discount so yeah, i can't imagine which is weird because they... last year was right. like how are, how are they how are they paying this guy seven million? And it, well, it, he was it's playing just, power forward and point guard. Which yep, was it turn, not turn, ideal turns for out uh, that wasn't fair to Jetty Osman. Also, his jumper <laughs> completely collapsed on him. But yeah, I mean that that combo of Ricky and Kevin, like, and I really do feel like I really felt Kevin's absence while he was out from COVID. Like, yeah. like, and it's not the stats. I don't think he's had a crazy good statistical year. I'm pretty sure right. his splits are not that good. It's like adult know how in the NBA just goes so far. And in a Ricky Kevin set of be- like bench players, just to like, like I feel like JB just knows anytime that they, those guys in the starting lineup start to lose themselves a bit, it's like, okay, Ricky, okay, Kevin, go go calm them down. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what you lost. I mean, against the Warriors, it was just a complete like self immolation. Like they just, and obviously you got some Steph in there a little bit. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, I mean, listen, Steph will immolate you himself. <laughs> Yeah, great role players will go off. Like, that happens. <laughs> you, are, you are unbelievable. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that wasn't man. even a good joke. It was just you just, it was you just snuck I it up. It was bad. It was, it was pointless. Uh, but it, against the Nets, kind of, like for three to five minutes last night, they just completely fell asleep at the wheel. And, you know, it's because you just – you're out of people that know how to do things. Yep. Like you're, you're playing Dean and he's like, we've discussed already. He's been great, but you know, you've got Dean and Windler. You you want Dean playing. Like, I mean, the thing that I kind of feel like people forget is like, if the team's fully healthy, Dean might not be in the rotation still. Yeah. And, and, And that is a great luxury of the team to have, but like, there's just a difference between Dean Wade playing 30 plus minutes and Dean Wade playing 14. You know, and like, right. uh, and on a night where, and like the fact that Dean Wade is their backup to their backup is such a great luxury for them. But like, you know, you do start to feel it stretch when he's starting. So I don't know. I just, I, I do feel like this, this team is like, I don't know. Like, what is your prognostication for this team moving forward? Because I just keep, can't shake the idea that if, if, you know, Mobley gets healthy and things right the ship, even with Sexton out, their ceiling is still materially way higher than I thought that it was going to be starting the year. I, I think there's a path for them to maybe be around 500, which is what is, I mean, maybe in this new Eastern conference, that's like the 14th seed. Cause everyone's amazing all of a sudden, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean I what is that? See... Like, I mean, maybe the seventh seed, eighth seed, like, could they get that high in your mind? I can see them winning 44 games. Yeah. Which I mean, is I could crazy. Also see them... I could also see them losing a lot of games. Evan's just so like they have an identity. Evan is so good. Yeah, like identity. I assume identity he's plus keep going. Yeah, identity plus one or two, one and one to one and a half to two blue chippers, depending on how you feel about Garland, uh, who is convincing me more and more that he's in the blue chipper uh, category. I think Allen's a blue chipper. I just, I just think it depends on your definition of blue chipper. I think he's a really, 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 really good role player. Um, yeah, it, that could be fair. Cause, cause like Justin always I talks think... about how his, his production is kind of the bellwether for how the Cavs offense is doing, but like, it's not like Jared doing crazy stuff as much as like things are flowing. And Jared is an opera, is an elite opportunist. 
that could be fair. I think he's a blue chipper insofar. Like I would define it as, you know, where does he rank in his position? And a center is not an incredibly deep position, but I mean, yeah, after, you know, the obvious guys, Jokic, um, Embiid, Anthony yeah. Davis, like, I mean, that conversation, you, DeAndre Ayton is probably better. Is Ayton's DeAndre Ayton's better? Ayton I, better? Think. I, th- I think he's better, probably. but also he plays with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So it, his yeah. job's pretty easy. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, uh, I'm saying, I think you could say Jared Allen's one of the better players. Yeah. At, in his position and, group. He's know, in the 80th percentile plus minimum. Right. Uh, so, yeah, um, I mean, like, to that end, like, an identity plus two or three people you can really hang your hat on on a night-to-night basis is a recipe to be better than people think you should be in the NBA. So, like, I think everyone's kind of waiting for this team to come back to earth. I think the injuries have sort of forced it a bit, which is why that 9-5 and five start was so important. Because, like, imagine right. if they their record was what it really should have been if they hadn't stolen three or four of those games that maybe they shouldn't have. Well, All of a sudden, well, it's looking like said. the season's on the brink. But right now, they're, like, they're okay. They're taking this one on the chin. That's what someone said yesterday, and I don't remember who it was. I was scrolling through some replies. Um, so, random person, if you're hearing this, I, I'm not trying to put you on blast. Um, it was like, oh, the good start's washed away. No, you know, no, they're no, 500 no, no. now. No, no, they're only 500. Like, they're only, we're mad that they're 500. We're mad no, no way. that this team that has lost so many games, like, and utter tomfoolery for the last three or four years is good. I mean, they're average um, by their record, but they're playing good basketball against good basketball teams. Like, I, I think they're good. Yeah, I mean, and, it, 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 only if you only if you were expecting like a 47 win season would you say that anything's been washed away i think it was a cushion that they built for themselves for the inevitable right. one still impossible schedule and two just bad injury luck right and i mean it's been man it's miserable and they're looking <laughs> much i mean you kind of like other than uh evan this is i mean they they, they weathered it they're back you know like they they they're getting their their bodies back and really they just got to stay healthy now. Like Darius can't you know get. Uh, I hope Darius isn't like messed up for a while because that does seem to happen where it's like kind of that waterfall effect when 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 yeah, your team well, starts getting hurt. But like overall, like the, like the, I feel like they weathered it. The schedule is going to start like getting normal. It's not going to get easy yet. It doesn't really get easy until like a stretch in early February, which is annoying. But it's getting normal. There's going to be games where the, we think they should right. win yeah i mean if they can get through this they don't have colin they can be five to six games at most under 500 i think they've got a great shot to do something what is something i mean you know they could be the knicks of last year maybe not as good um but the knicks had kind of a lightning in a bottle season and if the Cavs can get through this schedule within shouting distance of a four or five win run that that puts them in a winning you know a winning record or more of a winning record like they could be a tough out an annoying you know playoff team that if they get the right break maybe win a series like not so bad yeah i mean Uh, i think i think think winning a series i think winning winning a series is probably out of the question but winning a play-in game I mean that that yes. that is literally a format built for randomness, and and, well, and teams and, punching out of their out of their weight class. 
I, I and I only say win a series just because we've seen so many playoff injuries yeah. in the last. That's what I'm saying. When, when you stuff say gets, everything, when you breaks, get there, right, stuff gets weird. Right, like you see an injury to a Bradley Beal or you know a Joel Embiid, and all of a sudden you have a team, two teams that I think the Cavs could really take if they if they met him in a playoff series. Man, um, it's funny you mentioned Bradley Beal. I'm like, yeah, but the Wizards, like, we're not going to play the Wizards. I'm like, oh yeah, Wizards are like the two seed. <laughs> yeah, the Wizards, are, yeah, they're 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 okay. Um, I think they'll come down a bit, but that's that's all right. Um, and then I think maybe they should also still investigate just getting a guard somewhere just uh, I, I, I think i think treat. i think wing help some shot creation is definitely um what the doctor ordered right now um but also remember i, I think it is easy to forget that mobley was a big offensive hub for them and and yeah. was really developing new ones so it's like we really feel colin's absence right now especially because mobley isn't there to be that release valve right. for darius so i don't know I'm, I'm just still feeling really really excited about this season obviously it's a bummer for colin obviously a four game losing streak is not fun but like i mean four game losing streak pods normally aren't this positive i feel so like you know <laughs> while acknowledging some of the hard some of the bad fortune the team has befallen i i still feel really really good about it i don't think there's a way to feel bad about this season yeah. like at all well there is a way that we will never speak of because it would be horrifying but like then as long as Evan Mobley is ambulatory and on the court, <laughs> it's a good season. You know, how could you feel bad? How could you feel bad? Like they struck absolute gold. So yeah. I mean, no matter what happens, I think it's a great year for them developmentally. Um, man, I'm just ready for him to come back. Yeah, me too. I, I am. I'm counting the days. Uh, and you know, uh, we, we do have some, some entertaining games to watch in the meantime. And we get, we do have some things to learn. We're going to see if Okoro can write the ship. We can see if Darius can keep this volume up and uh, assuming he's healthy, we can see this team continue to get healthy, uh, around the, around the perimeter, kind of start seeing Lori maybe tar- start to take a leap. I thought he had his best game as a Cav against Brooklyn. So there's a lot of really good stuff to see. And I am very, very excited about the rest of the season. It's fun looking forward to Cavs games every night again. Anyway, Mr. Morton, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you joining the pod and uh, and covering Justin's butt while he, while he vacations at uh, all-inclusive re- resorts with his wife. If you would like to support the Chase Down pod, you can subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and cook those books. If you are a fan of us on YouTube, go ahead and go to Cavs YouTube channel, hit a subscribe button, support the pod that way. If you want to support the pod even further, go ahead and leave a review at chasedownpod at gmail.com, and we'll get you an invite to our exclusive Discord server that Mart will never, ever come to because there's no way he's ever reviewed the podcast. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast as always justin will be back soon and as always go calves.